Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship, and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I'm here, as always, with Father Stephen Gauthier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Great to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Today, Father Stephen, I uh, wanted to talk about prayer, but specifically how it can be difficult to pray sometimes. I think it's probably a universal experience if you're a Christian that you desire to live the life of prayer, but often find it difficult for various reasons. Um, so I wanted to talk over that, see if you had some advice for us about that, Father Stephen. And if is that fair to say that that um, is 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 it fair to say that prayer can be kind of difficult or is that just whining? Well, actually, it's understating the case. Many saints describe it as a battle. It's a battle with ourselves, our surroundings, and with the enemy. So it is, from people who are real experts, the, the saints uh, things, the people who devoted their lives saying prayer, the one word never used is easy. Mm. So it, it is a challenge. And actually, the church over time has really come up with sort of categories uh, based on its wisdom, which I think are really valuable. Of the key, op, for example, and there are eight of them outlined in the... Um, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, they come from ages of, um, of saints talking about them. And I think they're, they're really, that list is really pretty good of the most common distractions. I could suggest to you some of the ways that we can deal with those. But yeah, that's, we have so much experience, we can tell you pretty much what the, um, what the pitfalls are. Sure, sure. Well, let's go through those. Yeah, so let's, let's begin. What's the, what's the first obstacle here? Well, everyone knows this, distractions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there are distractions uh, everywhere. You know, that can be the hardest thing I want to concentrate, but it's very, very hard to concentrate. Uh, not just things in my environment around me, but also wandering thoughts and things, right? I keep thinking about other things. You know, my mind just wanders. You know, it feels like a, you know, a, 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 a spiritual Bedouin, you know, going from one thought to another <laughs> and carefully <laughs> avoiding getting to where it wants to sure. go. So what do we do with this? And I think there's a real value in this if we realize there are patterns. You see, one of the things that keeps us from really connecting with God is we're too connected to something else. You know, it's like, a, I like to look at prayer in some ways, it's like trapeze artists. You know, where, they, where, two, where one is going out and they want to catch the other, the other trapeze coming towards them, you know, and make that exchange. And you can't do that unless you let go of the one. So to me, a distraction means we're, for some reason, why do we keep in wandering thoughts? Why are we still thinking about this? And it can tell us a lot about where our real values in our life. You know, why are these the things that are coming up? Mm. can be like, you know, in psychology, people often look at dreams and things, but it can actually help us and say, maybe the problem we can pray about is why do I keep thinking about work all the time? This kind of thing. What is there, you know, spiritually, that the role that this is playing in my life or fill in the blank? Uh, or turn them into actual prayers, you know, uh, maybe this is what I need, need to deal with. But I think distractions could be potentially helpful if we say, well, this focus on something I probably bring, need to bring before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we see a pattern in which what, this, what those wandering thoughts are. I see. So it can just reveal things that we might be a little bit too attached to and, and start to focus, yeah. our, focus our prayers on those. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this, you know, uh, I think what's helpful is we say, are we just looking like if you have a, a trail bike or something, 
you know, if you're out there going across just a, just a field or something, it's one thing. It's another thing when you see that there's this deep rut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always the same rut. That's, that tells us, wait a second, there's a pattern here. And maybe that pattern is telling me about a spiritual problem. Okay, so that's distractions. Yeah. Um, how about the next one? The next one is dryness. You know, that kind of thing is, wow, yeah, I just um, I don't feel spiritual. You know, I just uh, don't feel this, this way. Yeah. And actually, this can be a real blessing. And why do I say that is the thing we can forget is we can confuse the living God with our emotions. Hmm. <laughs> they are not the same. God really exists. There is a God. And it's like talking on the, on the phone. Um, God's presence doesn't depend on my feelings about someone on the other line. You know, I mixed up my metaphor there, but I'm trying to say when I'm talking to someone on the phone, I know they're here regardless of how I feel. When I talk to them, they're hearing sure. me. That's a fact. I know that. I don't have to wonder, gee, I don't feel in the mood. Maybe they can't hear me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we feel that with God, you know, I don't feel in the mood. That means maybe we're not connecting with God. Mm -hmm. God is there regardless. And what's really important here is those dry moments could be real moments of love. Here's what I mean by that. Is that, you know, we often, the saints tell us, uh, this is a common theme in spiritual literature, is that, you know, God is so wonderful that we can fall in love with the gift instead of the giver. We love feeling those high points, mountaintop experience. We like being on the top of the mountain. It's not because God's there, because we just like the top of the mountain. Mm, great yeah. view. The air is great. You know, so we can have these moments we love, but it's really not God. It's the paraphernalia. It's the things of God rather than God himself. Would we still love him if that weren't true? You know, I was a road warrior for, for years, and when my kids were really young, if I come back from a trip, I would, when I first started doing this, I'd bring them some sort of trinket from the airport, a pin or something like this. And so when dad would come in the door, they'd expect to see something in my hand. You know, what, what is it? Mm -hmm. Now, I remember once the first time I had to run through an airport, we were, the meeting had run late and we barely caught the flight, ran through the airport and got to the plane. I didn't have any time to stop. Yeah. So I came and I wondered, what's it going to be like now if I show up with nothing in my hands? Mm-hmm. Are they, are they happy to see dad, the dad's home, or is it really just about the gift, the, the little bit of junk I bought at the airport? And so for that magic moment, I'm going to find out, is it really about me? Is it about the stuff? Sure. And I still remember, you know, we come up, I come up, they see there's nothing here, but then they, it's like, oh, but dad's here. And a big hug and saying, that's what prayer is like when we feel, uh, you know, it shows that, uh, you know, it's more than God's things. It's God himself. Or I have, a, my oldest son um, is, is a physician. He's a pulmonologist, and he deals with critical care. And so I remember what, in his early stage in his career, he sometimes would have these long, like a 12, beyond 12 hours, because, you know, when people can't breathe, you have to stay as long as it takes yeah. when you're the yeah. specialist. And he'd always call me on Thursday nights. And we actually really like, you know, some people you, you talk to because, yeah, it's good, but you don't really look forward to the call as such. Sure. We really like the same stuff. So we, I really liked talking to him. He liked talking to me. It was great. And I more than once, there'd be a Thursday night, and I'd hear this call. I just knew that he was deadly tired. It had been a really, really, really long day, and what he'd love to do is crawl into bed right now. So why did he call me? It wasn't Gills. It's, I think he realized this isn't about just about me. It's about my dad. My dad loves hearing from me. So even if I don't feel like, I'm not going to not call dad. Yeah, yeah. Because it's important to him. Even if it's not like the... The, the best talk or you're, you're, you're really oh, in a marriage. We all know. Yeah. We all know this in a marriage. Uh, the kind of thing you just get married when all your friends are getting married. That's, you know, in the first two years or so, it seems all your friends are getting married. Right. 
So you have a tough job. And then your, your wife tells you, you know, I have uh, friends getting married in another state. You don't know any of them from a whole different ring of circle of acquaintances. So why don't we, why don't we spend all the time, you know, let's take an eight-hour trip to go there with a bunch of people you won't know and then come back and then you go to work again another week. <laughs> now, this is clearly not something you're going to enjoy, but you say, but I love her. It's important. This is actually a real way to show it because people see when you do things you're not inclined to do. So yeah. this can be an opportunity to say, God, I really love you. All I know is it's important to you, and that's that's good enough for me. Great, great. So we could actually get closer to God because then we realize spiritual things are a bonus. They're not the thing itself. Consolations are nice, but it's God, and God is there regardless of how we feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that one's actually kind of similar to another one of what if what I've I've one of the things that I know about is uh, uh, an obstacle to prayer is actually just. Um, just not doing it, <laughs> just not not getting around to it. Yes, uh, we have a nice Greek word for it. Yeah, uh, we call spiritual laziness, uh-huh. sloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. But actually, there's something that can help us here too. You know, with really important things, you have to make space for them because lives are busy. It's like this. Have you ever been? I got to ask you. Have you ever been out there on a really? It's a beautiful day here. That we're recording today. It's the sky is blue out here. It's it's lovely outside. Have you ever been in your car just going down and say, this is the perfect day for an oil change? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no one ever thinks yeah. of that. No one's going to say, well, this is what I do. Or um, Basically, what we do is we develop a discipline in our lives that creates those spaces. We create spaces. And so we don't have to, we, we don't think, do I feel in the mood to brush my teeth or something? But those, we know this is what we do then, and it becomes part of our lives. This is why we create spiritual disciplines in a rule of life. Mm-hmm. And then we do this for personal relationships. A lot of us, we maintain long distance relationships with the family by making sure to call every week. Right, right. If we just call when we felt like it, we'd suddenly find out I haven't called the person for a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the same thing can be true is one thing that makes our spiritual life a lot easier is, well, I knew this. I used to, when I was an auditor on the road, I would be, uh, you know, you're in the hotel every night alone. And, you know, you could... I would find by simply saying, okay, before I do anything else, because you feel tired or something, I'm going to do one this one thing I know would be a really good thing to do. And often just knowing you, that's how you start the evening will get you going. You get that initial energy, and it's fine. If you had waited to feel the mood to open up that book, yeah, it yeah, never would have happened. Yeah. But the fact, yes, I always start my, re- my evening by, by reading half an hour. Then we'll do something else. That means suddenly thing you never have done probably otherwise happens in scene 13. It seems that's what you do. After dinner, you come home, you read for half an hour, and then you... Sure, sure. So that kind of thing. So we can do the same thing in our spiritual lives, which really lowers the, the cost threshold. You know, it makes it natural. To get, we, like in personal life, we do it all the time. We create spaces. Routines, yeah. Routines and spaces, which make life a whole lot easier. Hmm, hmm. So that's, how, that's the real key to Asidia, is we just create the spaces so we don't have to make everything. It's like you don't decide every day when you get up in the morning, do I feel like going to work? Mm-hmm. You've made the decision, this is something I do every morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You don't wait to get in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how about how about other obstacles? One's a lack of faith, and I think the number one reason, in my view, why people have a lack of faith is we ask God to do things He's not about to do, and so um, we get disappointed. Okay. You know. Um, so you mean lack of faith? Like, if I pray, it doesn't matter. Nothing will happen. It's not going to yeah. matter. God's not going to do it, or this is too hard for God, etc. This kind of thing. I think the trouble there is, um, you know, when we know the theology of prayer, we realize 
that, um, you know, the worst thing God could do is sometimes is answering our prayers the way we want them to be answered. Mm-hmm. The Romans had a saying that, uh, that Oscar Wilde translated well into English where he said, um, you know, when the gods wish to punish us, they answer our prayers. Yeah. <laughs> it's what he means like this. As a kid on Christmas morning, you give them this wonderful present, and they see that you have a new chainsaw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I guarantee you the kids want to play with the chainsaw. Sure, sure. That's what they think. That is clearly where the fun and the action is. And you kind of say, no, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. So I think one of the problems, though, in faith is we, we, we try to corner God. Like, remember at the time of Jesus, people had this idea what the Messiah should be like, and they refused to accept the real thing. Mm. Here's what we want the Messiah to do. We want you to be a, a Jewish Julius Caesar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was not the plan. So I think when we start looking, our lack of faith can come that we realize one of the main things we do is God's, God has a, a purpose in our life, which is for our perfect happiness. And we want to align our will with God's will instead of trying to change his mind. Yeah, yeah. When we start looking at prayer, our lack of faith comes. If your goal is to change God's mind, uh, you've come to the wrong place. But if our goal is saying, I want to put my needs in my, 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 where I really am before God, but I have to realize fundamentally the main thing is I want to align my will with the God who loves me and knows what's best. That prayer is always answered. So it's it's about not holding God to our measure of delivery <laughs> on these things. Yeah, it can be like this, for example, when we're really ill. Uh, especially as we get older in life, you know, people eventually do die. I don't want to break the news here, don't with the, you know, but it, it really <laughs> happens. Yeah. Sometimes it gets has to be is that, um, you know, when we're sick or something, we say, you know, maybe I know what's best. Obviously, I'd like to be healed, you'd say. But, you know, maybe what I really need, you know, is that this is the time and I need just the courage and your, your help to go through this time and be a faithful witness. But I know you know what's best. And here's my preference. Jesus said in the garden, here's my preference. You know, I said, but, but it's your will. Uh, that, that's good. Yeah. But the you know, lack of faith comes if we, if again, our faith depends on getting what we think we need instead of what God thinks we need. Well, we're not going to have faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So th- this, there's another one that seems similar. So talk about, talk about discouragement. Yeah. Discouragement is, uh, instead of lack of discouragement is, is we start to fa- understand, um, why does God, uh, we think that somehow because we can't understand why God does what he does, that it's a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we want to, we want to align our will with the will of God, but we think that means understanding why God acts as he does. Oh, okay. And so we get discouraged saying, I must be wrong because I can't come up with a story for this. You know, imagine someone saying, why am I a concentration camp in the Second World War? I see, yeah. I can't come up with how anyone's benefiting from this. Right. I can't come up with a believable story. And so we actually think we have a faith problem. Whereas we're simply saying to me, I love the line in Job where he says, though he slay me, I'll still trust in him. Mm-hmm. Is we trust the planner, not the plan. I see, yeah. Our trust isn't in our understanding of God's plan. Our trust, our faith is trusting God. And that's why Jesus said, you know, you have to be like children. And what's the thing he's getting at with kids? Is kids, all they know is if mom and dad are here, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have what I need. They don't have to figure out how mom and dad are going to pay for it. You know how they're going to, they just know if I'm with mom and dad, somehow, I don't have to understand how they do it. Somehow food's going to appear on the table. Right. I'm going to have a place to sleep. And that's the kind of thing. So 
Discouragement comes from, I think, trying to figure that faith means I understand why God's made this choice. Sure. No, no. I, all I know is I un, what I understand is that God loves me. That's all I need to know. Well, let's talk about a big one. Let's talk about sin uh, and how that gets in the way of prayer. Oh, yeah. Sin is like, you know, in the old days when they had, you know, the, you know, with the radios and when you go through a tunnel is you'd lose your, you'd lose your, your, your signal. You know, you go, it would go down. And that's what sin is. Sin is basically, it's like, you know, going through a lead tunnel uh, <laughs> in connecting us with God. Because the nature, what sin is, remember that we could define sin in some ways as being fundamentally those things which cut us off from God and others. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes them sin is they actually cut us off. They, they, they basically uh, break the, the communications line between us. So we, we can't, you know, it's, or it's like somebody in the back, you know, being at a rock concert and pulling out their cell phone and wonder why they can't hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're, if, you're at this, if you're in front of a speaker at a rock concert, you're not going to be able to talk to anyone on the phone. And there are three sins in particular that really get in the way of our reception. Pride. You know, pride is we can't hear God because we just don't even want to bother listening. Mm-hmm. Even when we're, you know, we're, you know, we're always listening to our own thoughts ourselves. Selfishness, it's always about me. And unforgiveness. Jesus warns again and again, you know, as, you're, as you forgive others, you'll be forgiven. But unforgiveness and resentfulness are, you know, just like solid lead blocking connection. Mm-hmm. I was in an amazing place once last year. I was visiting a good friend in uh, Western Virginia. We went to West Virginia, and there's an area that I didn't even know about with some great um, uh, space uh, thing from the government that it's an actual air, complete blackout area. There is no phone cell reception like a 70-mile route. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Nowhere. It's not that you. It's impossible to have any connection, and that's a strange feeling to be utterly, and they tell you, oh, here's where you are. You're in this place. It's an utter blackout. Wow. Wow. So that's kind of like what sin does for a prayer life. Sin, yeah. So we have to. So what happens with us is some people say we know the big sins, but small sins can really give us a lot of background noise. Yeah. yeah. And so I would look at this. I've used this analogy before, but I really like it. Remember in the Roman Empire when Christianity was spreading, the first people converted were in the cities because that's where missionaries came to. That's where you got groups of people you could you could preach mm-hmm. to. The last people to be converted were people in the countryside that the Romans called Pagani. Bagos is a countryside, so Pagani people live in the countryside, pagans, yeah. last people to be converted. Sometimes I think our life with God is like that. Certain areas of our life have really heard the gospel. They have cathedrals even, you know, they're really, they're really Christian, certain areas of our life. Sure. But there are other areas of our life that have never heard the gospel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some things that no one would know anything had changed. Huh. Interesting, yeah. You know, it's been as perfectly preserved from other times. It looked like anybody else's life. Sure. Sometimes people have it in certain aspects of their conversation or their entertainment or their work. You know, they are, they're living separate lives. And sometimes we need to really go into the pagan areas of our lives and do some converting. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where the static's coming from. Yeah, interesting. Well, what about uh, what about just not having enough time? You know, I, I actually met uh, a guy on the airplane uh, just this past week. I was flying back from Texas, and he is a FedEx driver. We got into a really great conversation, a very strong, passionate believer. Uh, and I was impressed, actually, by his connection with God because he works an incredibly busy schedule, much busier than mine. Um, but so, what, what do you? What what is is insufficient time? You know, one of these things that we can learn to deal with. Oh yeah, there's an important thing we should talk about sometime when we talk about prayer. I don't think we've done an episode on prayer, but prayer is actually defined as the lifting up the mind and heart to God. 
you see, prayer takes a, an abundance of different forms. It's like in a, in a marriage. How you deal with your partner, you know, sometimes love is just being in the same room. Mm-hmm. There's no conversation as such, but you just know it's different because your partner's there. Yeah. It's special, it's different. And so it's being aware of the presence of God. It's an awareness of the presence of God, that we're living in the presence of God. It's the heart of prayer. It takes different, sometimes, you know, when you're living with your partner, you're talking deep, deep things with them. Other times, it's smaller things. You're just being, hey. Uh, and other times, it's just their being there. But you're aware of their presence. Yeah. They're aware of your yeah. presence. And when we learn that prayer is like that, it's not just sitting down and having these, oh, it's like somebody saying the only time with my partner is, you know, when we're having these deep, deep conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you have to live with them 24 hours a day. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, if, you, if you talk like that all the time, uh, you die of boredom. I mean, after yeah. <laughs> a while, it's, um, enough is enough. It's a little intense. And so we have to realize that, you know, that our life with God is like our life with the people we love most. It will take a variety of beautiful shapes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell kids, if every day were Christmas, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas. Right, right, exactly. And so we expect in our life that we're going to have mountain-type times, because times were just sort of a general pleasantness. Yeah. You know, our life yeah. is good. And we have to, but we, if we're conscious of God, so one of the things we learn to pray in different ways mm-hmm. of something, instead of saying I have to be really intense, sometimes it's just a matter of if I'm driving and so I can be, even while I'm driving well, I can be somehow looking and thinking of God. So you can't you know, bow of, your head and close your eyes while you're driving. Are you recommending? Well, that? you could, but I wouldn't recommend <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> well, to, to wrap up, what about this? This one, one last one is that, you know, sometimes I've heard, sadly, I think in, in, when we start studying theology and things like uh, the nature and character of God and how he's timeless and changeless and endless and all of these things that well, what about the idea that, well, like what's the point of prayer? What, what's so useful? God already knows everything. He already knows me already knows what I need. Um, I'm anything I say is not going to change his mind or what he does. So what's the point? That's a really good point. It's a point Jesus himself makes. He says, some of you, you said you just repeat things, you know, you make these long prayers. You say, God already knows what you need. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, he, you know, he tells us God already knows. He doesn't need to be informed. So we might ask, but why, do, why do we do that? And it's more about our needs than God's. Let me give you an example with giving. You know, when I was a kid, I was really bothered by the story of the, of the widow who gave everything she had, which was very, very little. And it really bothered me. I thought it was an unfair story. Mm. Even then, there was the accountant in me saying, why take the money from her? It's not worth, you know, it's probably not worth the administrative cost. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> take the money from the big donors. Yeah. Uh, but then I realized it wasn't about God's need for, our, for her money. It was her need to be a giver. Mm. He would not deny her the gift of being a giver. And so the point is it's not God needs it's not God's need to be asked, but our need to ask. It's something that you know, that's it creates that we talked about creating these 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 places where we meet with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those places that, you know, it creates relationship. So he put a world saying a world saying, you know, I want you to I want you to ask so this can be ours together. You know, so I think that's why he does it. I think something can help with the apparent lack of usefulness is Jesus prayed a whole lot. Yeah. In Luke's gospel, every big thing he does, he prays a whole night before he chooses the apostles. He's praying in the Jordan River when the Spirit comes down him in his baptism. He's praying when he's transformed to the transfiguration. He's always praying. I don't think he had a list of all the things God had to do for him. I think what he is doing is is just being together with God. Yeah. Like sometimes you just hang out. Why do you hang out with your friends? Prayer is being with God. And so sometimes it's just hanging out with God. 
And so we bring things to him because it's a way of basically, like when you get on the phone, you tell your dad or something, uh, you know, you're just saying, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Great. Well, thanks so much, Father Stephen. This is such helpful advice, especially as we're, you know, as as Christians, it's it's not just about knowing things about God. It's about actually talking to him, actually paying attention to him, actually communicating, like you say, lifting the mind and heart to him and addressing him. So this is really helpful advice as, you know, for, for us and for our listeners as we continue to do that. Um, but is there anything else you have for us on uh, on prayer and how we can overcome those obstacles? Yeah, I think we, we started out by saying prayer is struggle. Well, almost everything worthwhile is. Yeah, that's true. You know, we, we joke that if you're going to try to get in shape, if you're going to the gym and you don't feel the burn and you don't feel winded, it means you're just... You're not, right, you're not working right, out. Right. You really don't, the, <laughs> the, the juice has to be worth the squeeze. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then also the key is perseverance. And how we persevere is, again, focus on facts, not feelings. I like to tell people in counseling, feelings follow facts. You know, for example, love is a choice. You know, we choose to love. Mm. And then the feelings follow. If we wait to have the feelings first, <laughs> you know, it's like with, with bravery. You know, we, we, of course we're going to be afraid because it's dangerous. But the point is courage starts by choosing to be courageous. Hmm. Hmm. It's how we respond to fear that creates courage. So I think the important thing is perseverance. You know, Jesus says, he who endures to the end will be saved. Yeah. It's that endurance and having the courage. It's not insincerity. You simply say, here's the best I've got. I'm making the choice. I say yes to God. Yeah. It's like that grain of mustard seed. It's always enough. It's like that guy who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Hmm. Lord, I wish I wanted to pray more, but I do want to pray. This is the best I can do. Make up the difference. So wherever you're at, you can you can pick up and, and get back into the fight. God, you, we put something on the table. God always pays the rest of the bill. Well, thanks so much, Father Stephen. Thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back again next week for more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening. <laughs>